This is the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'm Robert Peterson, the host and creator of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. Welcome to the 32nd episode of this podcast. I hope you all were able to enjoy the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend. I want to let you know I was on the uh, Bakersfield Observe podcast with Richard Bean. He's a great guy, great host. We had a good time talking about some of the stories I covered here on the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. So go check out Richard's Bakersfield Observed. Before I get started, I wanted to give you an update on the last episode, The Killer Columnist. There's going to be spoilers, so if you haven't listened to that episode, skip ahead or go back and listen to The Killer Columnist now. I was contacted by the best friend of Donald Massey. He was emphatic that Massey was not the person prowling Mary's apartment. This person claims he knew Donald very well and that that just wasn't who he was. I believe Mary had a prowler, but was Donald Massey that prowler? I don't know. What I'm very certain about is that Gene Harrington killed Donald Massey. Gene Harrington got his day in court. Gene Harrington was given all of the benefits our justice system allows someone accused of a crime. Donald Massey's character was certainly on trial during Harrington's legal proceedings. But Donald Massey never got the opportunity to defend himself. Gene Harrington made sure of that. In 1984, a fast-moving fire in a hardware store in Pasadena killed four people. In January of 1987, a string of fires broke out in several different retail stores in the California Central Valley. Two in Bakersfield, two in Tulare, and two in Fresno. Thankfully, unlike the Pasadena fire, The destruction from these fires in the Central Valley was limited to property damage. No lives were lost. In the next several years, more suspicious fires, dozens actually, were set in the Southern California and Central Coast areas. Thanks to the hard work, determination, and tenacity of a Bakersfield Fire Department arson investigator, a suspect was identified apprehended and prosecuted. This is the story of catching a pyro. In the early afternoon of January 16, 1987, the Bakersfield Fire Department was dispatched to a fire inside the Craft Mart store on Ming Avenue. A quick-thinking Craft Mart employee had already extinguished the flames with a fire extinguisher by the time the fire department arrived. The flames were contained 
to a display bin of dried flowers. Recognizing this fire as suspicious in nature, the incident commander requested an arson investigator be dispatched to the scene. It didn't take the investigator long to determine the cause of the fire. A delayed incendiary device composed of materials easily purchased at any grocery, liquor, or convenience store. It was discovered at the bottom of the display bin of dried flowers. Whoever started the fire simply walked by and dropped the device in the bin. While this arson investigator was wrapping up his work at the scene of the craft mart on Ming, another fire broke out at the Hancock Fabric Store on South 8th Street and Wilson Road. This fire at Hancock Fabrics triggered the store's fire suppression sprinkler system that quickly put out the flames. Since both fires were extinguished relatively quickly, the damage was minimal. Two fires, erupting within an hour of each other at two separate retail stores during business hours only two miles apart. These were too many coincidences to not be connected to one fire setter. This particular Bakersfield arson investigator was especially busy that day because his two colleagues in the Bakersfield Fire Department's arson unit were attending an arson investigation conference being held in Fresno. My name is Marvin Casey. I'm a retired captain and arson investigator for the city of Bakersfield. While I was en route to the fire over at the Hancock store at Denton Park, the two investigators that were attending these, the California Conference of Arson Investigators Convention in Fresno was on their way home. And the radio man was talking to me about it. Says, hey, listen, I'd like for you to be aware, you know, there was a couple of fires here in Fresno. And I says, really? I said, yeah. I said, wow. I said, what kind of fires? He said, well, one of them is like you're going to a Hancock store. They had a Hancock store last night that burnt completely down. Not only were there two fires in Fresno, authorities later learned there were more fires in Tulare. Six fires in the span of only a couple of days, each fire starting in similar environments, retail stores, all in the California Central Valley. Remember that incendiary device Captain Casey discovered at the Craft Mart? That would later prove to be a crucial piece of evidence. It was crucial because whoever the arsonist was left their fingerprint on it. Captain Casey had a hunch that whoever this arsonist was, was possibly an arson investigator attending the conference in Fresno. I sent off to the arson investigations class up in Fresno and got the names of everybody, you know, that, that attended the seminar. And I narrowed it down to 50 guys. And I had, and my scenario was that the guy had to live south of Bakersfield, had to be traveling down 99, had to be alone. And that's what I used to get the name. So I narrowed it down on my roster that I had down to 50 names. I submitted those 50 names back to ATF and said, okay, here's the guys that I have. So can you 
fingerprints of these guys from their departments and try to match them with the print we have. Well, they said, nope, that's too many. So they sent it back to me. I put it on the back burner again. When Captain Casey approached other investigators about this theory, that an arson investigator was the perpetrator, the reception Casey got was disbelief. An agent with the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms said, quote, I thought Marv Casey was out in left field somewhere, unquote. In March of 1989, another string of arson fires were set in stores along the California Central Coast. These fires were in Morro Bay, Salinas, Atascadero, and San Luis Obispo. All of these fires were in retail establishments during business hours. And the timing of these fires coincided with, you guessed it, another conference of arson investigators being held in Monterey County. When Captain Casey heard about these fires, he was even more suspicious that the serial arsonist was a colleague. So I got the roster from the Monterey Seminar, and then I compared them, cross-referenced them, you know, and, and marked them off, and I got it down to 10. Then I submitted it back to ATF and said, hey, I've got 10 names. Now, can you do this one? Well, they came back with negative again. The fingerprint Casey lifted from the device at the Craftmart store in Bakersfield didn't match anybody on Casey's list of 10 possible suspects. With that disappointing news, Captain Casey's investigation into the two Bakersfield fires were dead in the water. In the latter part of 1990, through the first half of 1991, the Los Angeles area was plagued by a string of intentionally set fires. The similarities of this latest string of fires were so apparent, it didn't take authorities long to determine they had a serial arsonist on their hands. A task force was organized specifically to catch the person responsible for setting these fires. Finally, in April of 1991, task force investigators were able to do what the ATF couldn't. They matched the fingerprint to an arson investigator with the Glendale Fire Department. His name was John Leonard Orr. Hey folks, this is Robert Peterson, the creator and host of the Notorious Bakersfield podcast. This podcast is an independent venture, meaning I'm doing this all on my own without any financial backing. And believe it or not, there's costs involved in producing this show. If you enjoy the Notorious Bakersfield podcast and want to show your support, you can buy me a cup of coffee or two. You can find the link to buy me a coffee in the show notes or go to NotoriousBakersfield.com. There's a link there too. I wanted to also take this opportunity to remind you to follow the Notorious Bakersfield podcast on whichever app you use to listen to podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to take a few seconds to give it a five-star rating. John Orr wasn't just any arson investigator. He was a highly respected one. He was considered one of California's foremost arson investigators. 
He had written a number of articles published in the American Fire Journal, a magazine whose target audience was firefighters and arson investigators. John Orr was a mentor to firefighters and taught arson investigation techniques to many of the same sleuths who were trying to catch him. As a matter of fact, what really was funny about this is the guy that taught all me, you know, taught us all how to do that and had classes on it was John Orr himself. He was well, I mean, he was well liked. John was, I mean, he was a guru of fire investigators. What changed with the fingerprint? John Orr's name was on the list of possible suspects Captain Casey had, yet he wasn't matched to the fingerprint when the ATF analyzed it. When the fingerprint was analyzed this last time, it was compared to a batch of prints that included sets of prints that every person who had ever applied with any law enforcement agency in the Los Angeles area. Before being hired by the Glendale Fire Department, John Orr aspired to be a cop and he applied with the Los Angeles Police Department. His application was rejected. So once John Orr's fingerprints from when he applied with LAPD were added to this new database, that's when his prints matched that of the fingerprint Marvin Casey found at the Craft Mart store in Bakersfield. So the task force finally had a suspect. Was the single fingerprint enough evidence to win a conviction? They felt they needed more evidence. They wanted to catch him in the act. Task force members watched John Orr's movements. A tracking device was attached to his fire department vehicle, which Orr ultimately discovered. It was during this time that the task force learned that John Orr, their prime suspect, had written a book manuscript that he was shopping around to different publishers. When the task force got a copy of this manuscript and read it, they realized they had all the evidence they needed. The book was about an arson investigator who set fires. It read like an autobiography. With the fingerprint and the book, the task force had enough evidence to finally arrest John Orr. This book that John Orr wrote enabled investigators to connect him to dozens of arson fires, including one in October 1984 in South Pasadena at an Olay's hardware store where four people were killed, a two-year-old child, a 26-year-old mother of two, and a 17-year-old employee. When the task force executed their search warrant on John Orr's home and office, they discovered even more damning evidence. Orr had in his possession many of the materials necessary to assemble the incendiary devices that were discovered at the scenes of many of the suspicious fires. The fact that a colleague, a fellow firefighter, would abuse his authority and tarnish the reputation of firefighters was upsetting to Captain Casey. We have a lot of community trust. You know, the citizens and people of this county and city and state, they trust us. They trust firemen a lot. 
it's just you just I just can't see a guy doing that. I really can't. I can't see a fire fireman that would go out and intentionally set fires like that. In 1992, a federal grand jury in Fresno convicted Orr of four arson charges. Two of those were for the fires set in Bakersfield. That same jury acquitted him of two other charges. But I, and I was worried about it, too, because when the judge was reading out the, you know, the verdict, he said, you know, the two fires in Fresno, you know, not guilty, not guilty, and boy, my heart just went down, so oh, no. And then when he got to Tulare, which Tulare had two fires, too, so two fires in Tulare, guilty, guilty. I said, hot dog, we got him, boy. And then he went ahead and said, then Bakersfield was guilty, guilty. So we had four counts of arson he was guilty of. In a separate trial in state court in 1998, Orr was convicted on four counts of murder for the people who perished in the Ole Hardware Store fire and 20 other counts of arson. The more I researched this case, the more I realized how important, how significant that fingerprint that Marvin Casey found was to building a case against John Orr and convicting him for not only arson, but murder. So I pose these questions to Captain Casey. Okay, here's here's my commentary. Let, let, tell me if I'm going to make two points and just tell me if I'm right or wrong, that or if you agree with me, um, that John Orr's defense argument, one of them was that he was writing this book manuscript and he had details about the fires because he investigated many of them and had knowledge others wouldn't have had. That's my first point. Is that correct? Would you agree with oh, me? Yes, that is correct. I would agree. Okay. Yes. The second argument is that he had materials needed to make a device because he taught arson investigation. Both plausible explanations. Do you agree? I agree. Yes. Explanations that could very well establish reasonable doubt for a jury, right? Yes, yes. But his defense had no explanation for how his fingerprint was on a key piece of evidence you discovered. That's right. So if it wasn't for you, a serial arsonist responsible for dozens of fires and four deaths may very well have walked. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's that's true. I was the only one that had any evidence on it. John Leonard Orr is currently serving life in prison without the possibility of parole. Thank you, Captain Marvin Casey, whose dedication to public service and safety impacted citizens and communities beyond Bakersfield city limits. There's an excellent podcast that does a deep dive into this case. It's called Firebug. It's nine episodes long. And unlike this notorious Bakersfield episode where I concentrate on Captain Marvin Casey and the fires in Bakersfield, Firebug covers the entire story of John Orr. Firebug. Uh, you can find it on all the podcast apps. Resources used to research this story. The Bakersfield Californian, the Fresno Bee, the Los Angeles Times, the book Fire Lover by Joseph Wambaugh, and of course, retired Bakersfield Fire Captain Marvin Casey. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Notorious Bakersfield Podcast. I'll be back next week, next Tuesday, with another Notorious Bakersfield story. <laughs>